Hello, 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 and welcome back to this, the bonus part of today's FYI on the one and only Marilyn Monroe. And just a quick reminder, because you guys have got quite a collection of content by this point. But remember, don't get overwhelmed. The idea is not to memorize every word in every episode. The idea is to expose yourself to English as much as possible. Real English. And that's the English I like to serve up over here. However you slice it or dice it. ¿Qué profe te va a enseñar esa? Pongas como lo pongas. Why? Because those are the expressions I like to know in Spanish. So it's really about putting myself in your shoes. You guys say ponerse en la piel. We say en los zapatos. All right, so let's get back to Marilyn Monroe. I know you guys want to hear all about the juicy details, about all her different affairs. Well, of course she had affairs because every guy in the world was knocking on her door, so to speak, including JFK. Now, up until a couple years ago, the, the JFK rumor was just a rumor. But a few years ago, they published a conversation which confirmed that JFK and Marilyn were having fun together, as we would say. They were sleeping together, but I doubt there was a lot of sleeping going on. And um, you'll hear how uh, sexy and sultry she sings Happy Birthday to President Kennedy. We'll play that clip at the end of the show. But as if that weren't enough, the President of the United States having an affair with Marilyn Monroe, the most beautiful woman to ever walk the planet, his brother had an affair with her as well. That's right. Little Bobby Kennedy as well. The Kennedys couldn't get enough of Marilyn. Again, uh, up until a couple years ago, this was all speculation, but uh, this stuff has been pretty much confirmed by reputable sources. And I want you to pin that. To pin that is, eh, guarda eso para luego, the Kennedy connection, because it'll bring us to some of the conspiracy theories as well. <laughs> this is going to get interesting. Also, Sinatra. Now, there's another one that he says they were just friends and they never had a physical relationship, but they had a close enough relationship where Sinatra gave her a dog. And do you know what the dog's name was? Mafia. Uh-huh. How subtle. <laughs> really? Really, Frank? Well, pin Frank Sinatra there, too, because his name's going to come up a little bit later. But you know what? We're talking about her as she's some kind of, like, you know, strumpet who's having affairs with everybody. But she was no blonde bimbo. No way. Well, first, you don't get to where she got by being stupid. You get there by being smart, being bold, you know, going after what you want. She seemed like a go-getter. A go-getter is alguien que va a por lo que quiere. 
But she wasn't just a ditzy, dumb blonde. She was an avid reader. That's right. You heard correctly. She was a bookworm. They found over 400 novels in her home. So she loved to read. And when she was asked about uh, which guys she would want to sleep with, do you know who was first on her list? (laughs) You're going to crack up. Albert Einstein. So it seems like Marilyn Monroe was turned on by intelligence. To, to be turned on is que le pone, no? And well, well, Arthur Miller, obviously Albert Einstein. You don't get much more uh, brainy than that. And by the way, if you haven't listened to our episode on Albert Einstein, give it a listen. And her thing, como decimos, her thing for Albert Einstein was real. She had a a piano in her home, and there was a silver-framed picture of Albert Einstein. Did you know about that? The Albert Einstein-Marilyn Monroe connection? I know, if you hear both of those names, you think iconic, iconic, for different reasons. But really, they were both brains. One was more known for it, but the other one loved to develop her brain and read. And I think that's wonderful, because I think a lot of people get the wrong idea about her. And we mentioned before that she was investigated for being a communist, and that was for backing up her then-husband, Arthur Miller. Her political views were always very left-wing, very liberal. And because of this, she was monitored by the FBI. So wait a second. If you guys are keeping track here, Walt Disney, John Lennon, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, is there anybody who's not being followed by the FBI? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, it turns out her house was bugged. Actor Michael Irving moved into the home in the 1970s, and they discovered, and I'll use his words, a sophisticated government-grade eavesdropping and telephone tapping system that extended into every room of the house. So eavesdropping is to listen in on a conversation. And as we said before, a wire tap is una escucha. So they really, they were extremely interested in what Marilyn Monroe had to say. Oh, and have you guys seen the movie Breakfast at Marilyn's? Oh, wait, that's not the title. It's Breakfast at Tiffany's, but you call it Desayuno con Diamantes. Well, the reason I called it Breakfast at Marilyn's was because if Truman Capote, the the writer, had his way, si saliese con la suya, it wouldn't have starred Audrey Hepburn uh, to star as protagonizado por. It would have starred, you guessed it, Marilyn Monroe. And Capote, Truman Capote, wasn't at all thrilled with the studio's choice of Audrey Hepburn. He wanted Marilyn Monroe, but as you know, in life, you don't always get your way. But it would be interesting to see that movie with Marilyn Monroe as the star. Hmm, what if... Marilyn was also a huge fan of music. She loved music, and specifically jazz music, which was pretty big around that time. And if you guys are familiar with Ella Fitzgerald, if you're not, you got to stop what you're doing right now and listen to Ella Fitzgerald. My wedding song is her song, 
at last. Marilyn Monroe had a huge deal to do with making Ella Fitzgerald known. Now, now, Ella Fitzgerald was talented. No one's going to take that away from her. But Marilyn convinced the Mocambo nightclub. Now, the Mocambo nightclub was basically the place. If you played there and you got an audience, you would make it big. And everybody knew that. And they didn't want Ella Fitzgerald. She didn't have the look that they were going for. That's incredible how someone can be so talented and they say, sorry, kid, you're too short or you're too overweight or whatever. And so she convinced, she being Marilyn Monroe, the owners to let Fitzgerald play. And they listened. Marilyn Monroe, speaking of getting their way, she got her way more often than not. And she got her way And this opened the door for Ella Fitzgerald to be seen by mass audiences. So maybe you could say that the reason we know Ella Fitzgerald all over the world today is because Marilyn Monroe bet on her and said, listen, I vouch for this person. Yo pongo la mano en el fuego. And it's a great thing she did because I can't imagine what my wedding song would be. Another celebrity connection over here. One of the last people, supposedly, we're going to get into a lot of supposedly now when we get into the conspiracy theories, but supposedly a 25-year-old Warren Beatty was attending a party. It was a party that was at Peter Lawford's house. Peter Lawford, it was JFK's brother-in-law. And this is when he met Marilyn Monroe for the first time. And she asked him to take a a walk along the beach with her. We'll be back in a flash. Hey guys, this is your girl Lira, and you're listening to Self-Reflection Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Self-Reflection Podcast. I hope this podcast episode finds you in the best possible state that you can be in for yourself today. Um, You know, and if you're not doing your best, I hope... You know, you find some time to care for your mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, and your psychological health. You know, I hope you find some time to do some self-reflection. Just gather yourself and, you know, find the best possible way you can deal with what you're dealing with in this moment, right? And imagine Warren Beatty, he goes to a party, young guy, 25 years old, and the most famous actress, uh, leading lady ever says, hey, you want to take a walk on the beach? Now, he claims, and I'll use his words, it was more soulful than romantic. Well, you know what the sad part was? Her death was announced the next day. So Warren Beatty was one of the last people to see her alive. Now, there are also reports that Bobby Kennedy was in Los Angeles at the time of her death. Again, there are a lot of unanswered questions. What we're going to look at here in this section, again, is not the answers, but the questions. And you can search for the answers. And there are so many videos, uh, articles about uh, Marilyn Monroe's death and and theories that, well, a lot of them actually make sense. So let's take a look at these theories. Now, first things first, 
Why was their evidence destroyed? I mean, key evidence was either destroyed or missing. Why? Right there, see? I didn't even tell you anything yet, really. I just gave you the tip of the iceberg. And doesn't it smell fishy already? Why was evidence destroyed? Why were organs destroyed? Her organs, that's key evidence when someone overdoses, right? Another way to say to overdose is to OD. Um, so there were a lot of contradicting stories. The coroner second-guessed his initial report. So the coroner is the person who does the autopsy, and he said, okay, no, no, I'm going to change my mind. And that happened with a lot of the people that were near. In fact, uh, one of the weirdest people in this story is the maid. A woman, you can look her up. Her name is Eunice Murray. She was the maid slash housekeeper, but she was also her doctor's right hand, her helper, the person who would keep an eye on the patients. And she was the one who discovered Marilyn Monroe's dead body at home. But when they arrived on the scene, she was acting very erratic. She was doing laundry. Like, you don't have, like, the most famous person in the world dead, and you're doing laundry. Also, there are conflicting stories over what time she called the police, what time they arrived. So it seems like nobody can get the story straight. It almost seems like people are trying to mix us up so we don't know what happened. Because this woman changed her story as well, just like the coroner. Why do people change their stories? Were they coerced? Were they blackmailed? And as always, we're going to look at motive. Anytime there's a crime, you have to look at motive. Who's the person or the entity that has the motive to do that crime. And we say in English, just follow the money. So here's another crazy fact. Now we said it was an, it was ruled uh, a barbiturate overdose. Nevertheless, there were no pills in her stomach. Nope. No pills or traces of the drugs in her stomach, which means that these barbiturates were either injected or a suppository. But it's weird because there were empty pill bottles all over the floor. And she had the phone in her hand. I mean, it looked very, very staged. So all these inconsistencies, I'm, I'm just giving you a few. There are there's so much content on the internet about this, how documents were changed. And so then let's look at the motive. Who would have a motive to get rid of this person? And is it possible that they said that she was just so mentally ill and so addicted to drugs that she finally took her own life? Well, I should say, let's let's go against the conspiracy theories for a moment. She had already attempted suicide twice. Her first known suicide attempt was in 1950, following the death of her agent and romantic partner at the time, a guy named Johnny Hyde. Another known suicide attempt of hers was after one of her miscarriages with the baby. So, uh, okay, it's in character of her to maybe take her life or to, to overdose. But then why are all these anomalies there? Why are there all these missing pieces and all these holes in the stories? 
It's the part that makes you, as I said at the beginning of the show, it makes you do a double take. No, mirar dos veces como que, whoa, wait a second. So was it foul play? Did she commit suicide? Foul play is eh, que alguien ha matado, juego sucio. That means somebody killed her. So who would have a motive? Well, as I said, she was friends or lovers with Frank Sinatra. And he had mob ties. We all know that. El tuvo eh, vínculos a la mafia. I mean, remember what the dog's name was? Mafia. And sure, a little bit of alcohol, some sex, maybe some secrets get out. I don't know. So maybe she knew too much about the mob. But then I said the Kennedys too, right? Maybe she knew too many political secrets. Maybe she was just getting too much inside information. And she was rubbing elbows with some of the most influential people in the world. And I imagine that scared some people. They saw her as a liability. Because um, think about it. If, if we could never use that word better than her. She was the original influencer, wasn't she? So maybe, you know, with one TV appearance or one article, she could take down the mafia or even expose government secrets. I don't know. I don't know how much she knew. But many people say that she knew too much about too many high-level organizations. Either way, I urge you guys to look into it on your own. I'd love to hear your opinions. You can leave them on Patreon. Remember, we're also on Discord. But I'd like to hear what you think. Do you think it was foul play? Or do you think it was just as the police report said? It was an overdose, an accident, accidental kind of suicide? Or was there some ulterior motive? Did somebody want to get rid of this superstar? And we know now that even though she was killed or killed herself, her legacy will live on forever. And there are so many lessons we can take from her life, I believe, about, you know, going against all odds, against adversity, against battling depression. You know, I didn't know she was depressed. She seemed to be smiling every time she was in front of a camera. So she knew how to hide that and show people what they wanted to see. And it's interesting because when she spoke about Marilyn Monroe, she spoke in the third person. So maybe Marilyn Monroe was a character that she created to help her deal with her mental illness. I don't know. It's just a theory. Another lesson we can learn is all that glitters isn't gold, right? A lot of times we say all that glitters is gold, no? Todo lo que reluce. But that's not always true. You know, behind the glitter and the flashing lights, there was a sad girl who felt neglected, who felt abandoned by the very people who brought her into this world. And as I said earlier, it blows my mind how somebody like her could be lonely when everybody was dying just to be near her, that maybe, maybe she would rub off on them that radiant energy uh, to rub off this tener efecto. And even long after her death, people want to be near her. You see people with Marilyn Monroe posters on their wall. They want to be around her. 
even Elton John. Now, I know you guys know that song. It seems to me like you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Well, yes, it was used at the, the Princess Die Memorial, but that song was originally written about Marilyn Monroe. So there are so many tributes out there to her. People want a piece of this icon. Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner from Playboy fame. He purchased the plot, the cemetery plot, right next to hers. He said that the reason Playboy was a a huge success was because she graced the first cover. Now, they'd never met throughout their life. They never, ever met. But he said, and I'll quote, this is Hugh Hefner, I feel a double connection to her because she was the launching key to the beginning of Playboy. And when he died... In 2017, he was buried right next to Marilyn Monroe. In 1962, the record was set for the most expensive piece of clothing ever sold. And that was that dress that Marilyn Monroe wore when she sang Happy Birthday to Kennedy at Madison Square Garden on his 45th birthday. This was May 19th, 1962. And that dress went for, and again, remember, this is $1,962, $1,267,500. Guys, everybody wants a piece. Everybody wants to be close. And I hope I bought you a little bit closer to Marilyn Monroe in this episode. Now we're going to listen to that famous night at Madison Square Garden in 1962 when Marilyn Monroe sings happy birthday to then President JFK. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of FYI. Mr. President, On this occasion of your birthday, this lovely lady is not only punctitudinous, but punctual. Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) A woman about whom... It truly may be said, she needs no introduction. Let me just say, (laughs) here she is. But I'll give her an introduction anyway, Mr. President, because in the history of show business, perhaps there has been no one female who meant so much, who has done more. Mr. President, the late Marilyn Monroe.
birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. President, for all the things you've done, the battles that you've won, the way you deal with U.S. Steel and our problems by the time we thank you so much. Everybody, happy birthday!